Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and today's episode is with one of my favorite new friends, Natalie Frisk. Natalie is an author. She has so many years of ministry experience, and she currently serves on the Raise Up Faith curriculum team. I met Natalie at the Children's Pastors Conference, and I immediately knew she had to come and be a guest on the podcast. We talk about her book, Raising Disciples, and you will hear that I am a huge fan. I think I've recommended it to a bajillion people. But we also talk about really practical ways that kids ministry leaders can help parents disciple their kids. I promise you, you will leave this episode with action steps on how to better partner with parents. But before we jump into the conversation with Natalie, I am so excited to to announce our summer intensive program. Our summer intensive is a six-week program designed to help you focus on the foundations of kids ministry, grow in confidence as a leader, and prepare for the next season ahead. If you find yourself stumbling into the fall launch, the summer intensive is a perfect place for you to set goals, think strategically, and kick off the fall season more organized and with a clear vision in mind. Registration is open, so you can head over to kidsministrycircle.com slash summer to sign up. Now on to my conversation with Natalie. Natalie, welcome to the podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat, Lauren. Yes, I'm so excited. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into the world of kids ministry and what are you doing now? Hmm. Oh man. Okay. So my name is Natalie Frisk. I live kind of near Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, and oh gosh, I love writing. I love reading. I love outside anything. Um, I could stare at trees for hours if I was really given that time. Um, I'm married. I have um, a daughter who is 11 in the amazing and terrifying and awesome tween years in every way, shape and form. She's like my height now. freaks me out. Um, And how did I get into kids ministry? Uh, It is the most... um, all over the map and taking every rabbit trail uh, way possible to get to kids ministry. Um, If I were to go back to the beginning. (laughs) Um, um, So I grew up, uh, (laughs) I like to say Presbyterian in the morning and Pentecostal at night. I used to call myself Presbycostal when I was a kid. And in the Pentecostal church, I had an awesome, like, um, kind of on-ramping of kids into ministry context really well. And in the Presbyterian church, it was just like a different scenario, but we had really great committed Sunday school teachers who were really lovely. So I would say from a very early age, um, I saw um, some of the best um, kind of different iterations of children's ministry, not knowing that that's where I was headed. Um, I also, um, my mom was really active in it as well, um, including but not limited to a really great puppet ministry that her and my aunt did that was hilarious and oh my goodness, like hilarious and horrible and all things. Um, perhaps those puppets live in my closet now. I'm just saying they they're there. Oh um, my. And their names are Stella and Harold. Anyway, I digress. Um, So from a very early age, I would say I was probably being pulled in that direction without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flash forward a whole lot of years, I'll save you that. Um, I went to a Christian liberal arts university and had decided that I was going to apply for the one master's program that I probably wouldn't get into because it was so competitive. And I was like, okay, Lord, if I get into this master's program, I'll go into journalism. And if I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. You help me out. And in a roundabout kind of way, I ended up teaching at a Christian uh, private Christian high school for a semester where I was teaching grade nine French, which that's a whole other thing. Oh uh, grade nine French, oui, c'est vrai. And um, I was teaching grade nine French and also coaching a bunch of their um, basketball in particular, but also track and field as well. And 
I loved coaching and I loved, um, at the Christian high school, I was able to really do, I would do like, um, uh, devotional times with my team and stuff. And I loved that. And I was like, man, I wish I could do this. Not like realizing like, oh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in tandem with that, I had a friend who said, Hey, there's this job in youth ministry at the church we were all attending. Um, you should apply for this. And so I first kind of, I guess my official paid ministry foray was in youth ministry. And I did youth ministry for a bunch of years. And, um, was doing youth ministry and writing curriculum uh, mm-hmm. in youth ministry when our church, which was um, a multi-site church, uh, a rather large multi-site said, Hey, we want to create our own curriculum content. Um, and so I was like, cool. I would love to do the youth content. And they were like, yeah, w- what about the kids too? And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll do kids ministry ever. Like that was literally like, uh, I just, I, and God was like, no, no, no. Yes, you are. Don't be silly. Um, and so in this like weird, like me saying yes to whatever God had laid in front of me, he was really getting me to say yes to caring very deeply for kids mm-hmm. um, to the point now where I'm like, there's no greater ministry in the world than to yeah. master kids. Um, and so I was in, uh, I was actually curriculum pastor was my job title and got to really be integrated into kids and youth at that same time. And, um, yeah, I just loved it. And in that, and then anyway, um, kind of rabbit trail from through, uh, that, um, finished creating, uh, co-creating this, uh, really big, um, kids and youth curriculum called one story. And um, then I said, Hey, I actually want, <laughs> this is so bonkers. Um, I feel like I called to be a lead pastor so that I can actually um, kind of show others what it looks like to be a lead pastor who really focuses primarily around kids and youth. Um, so I got to do that for a couple of years. Unfortunately, it was the couple of years during the pandemic. So oh my goodness. Complicated, but um, but also really beautiful and got to know some some kids and youth really, really well and 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 love them well. And and then um God kind of was like, All right, cool, here's what I have next for you. And that's in the curriculum realm. Uh I get to oversee um I'm the director of curriculum for um, Raise Up Faith, which is a curriculum platform company, which I know we'll we'll chat on later. Yes, on. we'll talk yeah. about it. Great joy. So yeah. that is my very long story, Lauren, that you might have to fast forward in times two no, to get through. It's great. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I love hearing stories like that because I think it just reminds people listening and even me of like, God just works in so many unique ways that nobody's story is the same and like we can trust that God will work, continue to work things for our good and his goodness and his glory. And so I feel like stories are always so fun to hear because they're all unique and they're funny. And you, most leaders are like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here and (laughs) I'm doing it. (laughs) So true. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So there's a couple things that I, want to talk to you on the podcast. The first one is your book. So you and I met at CPC at Children's Pastors Conference in January, and I had heard a little bit about Raise Up Faith just from my own curriculum research and just dabbling on the kids ministry Facebook groups. But then I got to meet you in person, which was so fun. And I realized that you had a book. I think I asked you, I was like, oh, this book is so great. Like I was like looking at it and you're like, oh yeah, I wrote it. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, okay. So here's my question for you. So your book is called Raising Disciples, How to Make Faith Matter for Our Kids. Mm-hmm. Why were you the one to write this book? <laughs> because God has a great sense of humor. Um, I think, uh, so as I had said to you in the the curriculum scheme of things where I was like, uh, oh, kids ministry, children, no, I won't be doing that. And it was in the same period of time where um, it was really just me saying yes to God in a, in a number of places where he was like, come on, come on, come on, where I said yes to God very clearly into the children, the kids and, and youth realm together. 
Um, and it was just a couple months after that, that I was actually approached to write that book. So that's bonkers. Cause I know so many friends and, and colleagues and people who write a book and then try to shop it around and stuff. And I had this ridiculously bonkers privilege of being asked, which, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I still am stunned and, and recognize that that's like, that's only cause God has a great sense of humor. So the nutshell version is on the book that throughout my time in youth ministry, I started to realize that I'd have parents um, ask me a lot of the same questions. And in truth, a little bit, some of it was just a time-saving mechanism that I created for myself where I get like, asked, here's the book. <laughs> well, no, I like, I, I'd, I'd write, I'd, I'd like have, you know, somebody would say, you know, my kids are having a hard time connecting in um, with the youth ministry. We can only come like, once every month, once every six weeks because of travel, name the sport. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but like, we really want them to be connected, but we can't come very often. And so then I would have a response for that. And believe it or not, that was a somewhat regular question. And so yep. I would kind of store the questions so that I could literally just like copy and paste answers. Yeah. And then I realized I had a, 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 a quite a bit of content. Um, and so I was approached by um, the publishing company that I'm with called Herald Press and this wonderful, the woman who was my editor, her name's Valerie. Valerie, if you're listening, you're just glorious. Um, And she said, we're really interested in you writing a book. What would it be about? And I tried to like garble all of the thoughts and ideas that I had kind of mapped out over time uh, with these questions. Um, And also like as a youth pastor, I was getting questions from um, parents too, parents who were Mm -hmm. friends, right? Like just friends of mine who had younger kids and went, you work with, you work with kids, teens, you know, you, you get them. How would you explain this? Or how would you say that? Or um, all those kinds of things. And so when I was approached to write a book, I said, I, I guess I kind of already have some something on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've always written, I've always been a writer. Like, I've, I mean, that's, I've always written. Um, I did my undergrad in, in English um, literature. And so it's always been kind of just like passion piece. Yeah. So I like to say um, a lot of the things that I would write were just, pieces of not like wisdom that I was given from others too. Mm-hmm. So, like I recognize that it's a really odd thing. I was 35 when that book came out. It's a really odd thing for a 35 year old. I mean, maybe not that odd, but somewhat odd to write a parenting book at 35. Right. It was a little bit premature. Um, but it was because it was like communal wisdom. Yeah. I was, I was given some great um, wisdom and advice that is in the book is from just like a smattering of different people who I've really respected, um, mm-hmm. how they've discipled and raised their kids and things like that. So, um, yeah, God was just being really kind to me and <laughs> let me be the one to actually put my name on it. But uh, there were so many people. Uh, yeah, it was just um, a communal effort to, to write yeah. a book. That's awesome. It, it is a communal effort to write a book anyway. So Yeah, for sure. So I told you this uh, before we hit record on this podcast, and I'm going to say it publicly. I love your book. Like, uh, I love it so much. And I think I posted on social media about it when I first started reading it. And I was like, this feels like a warm, encouraging hug from a friend, from like a parenting friend. And that's what it feels like. And now hearing that story, it makes sense because there's such a pastoral touch to this book. It's not from a child psychologist or someone who qualifies as a parenting expert. It's from a pastor who deeply cares about kids and families. And you can tell. And so I like, I have literally recommended this book to all my parenting friends. I'm like, people should read it all the time, read it again. And just, it's so encouraging, but also it's so practical, which I think is really helpful because I think sometimes parents go at this discipleship thing, not knowing where to start or not knowing what to do and Mm -hmm. having some practical tips behind all of the important stats and all the important truth about who God is and their role as parents and the calling that they have in their life to disciple their kids. All of those things are true, 
But when you ask the question, how does this actually work as busy parents in a culture that does not prioritize this, I think your book does an excellent job at saying, hey, let's remember to make the main thing the main thing. And even when you feel like you royally screwed up, (laughs) you just keep going. Like you just get back on the horse and you do it again the next day. And I think so anyways, that's like my plug for the book. I'm like, everybody, this should be on your parent resource walls. It should be in parents' hands of your church. So there's that. Okay. Back to the questions. (laughs) So, um, okay. So we talked about how you got to the point to write the book. Now, my next question is it comes in a lot of conversations where we want to partner with parents. Like we believe that parents are the primary spiritual voice that's weaved throughout your book. What does that mean for church leaders? So going back on your experience as a youth pastor and then dabbling in kids ministry, what do you think that looks like for people, ministry leaders to actually partner with parents in this whole discipling your kids, raising disciples step? Yeah, I think, um, um, so many things. <laughs> I think it it looks like a lot of encouragement. I think um, I know personally myself in a ministry context, I forgot or miscalculated sometimes the amount of encouragement parents really need. Mm. Like, like just to recognize that pretty much everywhere in our world, uh, in our culture, as parents, we're kind of told that we're not making the cut. Like, yeah. We're not good enough we're not quite like your kids aren't oh your kids aren't honor students like <laughs> you don't get the bumper sticker like y- you know those kinds of things where it's like in in the church we should be the ones saying like hey i like i see you and you're doing absolutely the thing like you're 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 doing a great job mm-hmm. and like, just it, practicing that spirit of gentleness with parents within our midst, I think is is key. But then giving them like bite-sized pieces to help them. I think sometimes we wanna um we wanna give them like a big hearty thick steak to eat when it comes to showing them how to disciple their kids. But when sometimes realistically they actually just need some chips, like they mm-hmm. just need a little bit to get them going so that they can learn how to uh, get yeah. to the next, the next place. And so um, I think, uh, I think a huge part of encouragement, if I were to get really practical is to point to some of the things that parents are probably already doing and just don't realize it. Right. Um, I think showing them that they actually have some wins under their belt. Oh, what a great feeling. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. because then it's the I can do this. And, and, you know, the, the, they're bringing up, you know, they're lifting their head up as opposed to feeling like, oh, I'm being like more heavily and heavily burdened with the things I should be doing that I'm not. Um, So pointing to the wins, I mean, saying to your, you know, parents of young kids, you know, 98% of the parents that I know have bedtime, nighttime routines, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me about your nighttime routine. What does that look like? And of course, everybody's got their own different thing and say, I would love to give you, like if I was, if I was um, a CML right now in a church that had any level of budget at all, (laughs) I'd um, attempt to provide a book that goes into the libraries of families Mm -hmm. and i bet you you've got a whole roster of awesome books that you have um shared before um that to to say to parents like it's it's really it's these little bites and pieces throughout our experience so um reading with a kid in at bedtime maybe a bible story maybe it's um one of the great many um incredible children's books um written from a christian perspective to Mm -hmm. say here we go. Like, get this into it. And then, oh, do you sing a song at night? Well, what about maybe Jesus Loves Me or This Little Light of Mine or some of these songs that are little just discipleship bits and pieces throughout. And then for them to recognize, oh, I I do that thing. Oh, I do Mm -hmm. that. Or, um, you know, having a prayer that gets, you know, a regular kind of rhythm um, so that your little one can actually predict and know. Um, 
in doing this sort of thing with my daughter, we would, uh, she would have a, you know, a babysitter every now and then. Mm -hmm. And and she would be basically teaching the babysitter how to pray if the babysitter wasn't a Christian. Like she'd be like, yep. okay, time to pray. And she would then lead the babysitter in prayer, which is like, that's what happens when you develop a rhythm and you repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. I mean, we know the importance of repetition in early childhood. And that actually lays a great foundation as they continue on throughout. And it's comforting to the kids as well. Mm-hmm. I forget your question, but that's what we got to. There we are. <laughs> No, no, that's great. And I think uh, your answer of there's so much that can be done in terms of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great starting point for people and children's ministry leaders and youth leaders to partner with parents is just naming the things that they're already doing. And I think that is a small but mighty step of encouraging them, noticing them, like even things like Hey, it's been so fun to see you at youth group the past four Wednesdays. Like just acknowledging that like, Hey, I know what it takes to get kids here. I know what it takes to get your little kids dressed in the morning to make it to church on time. And Mm -hmm. just even acknowledging that and saying, Hey, I'm so glad you're here. It's been so fun to have you for the whole month of May. Like that could be such a simple encouragement. Um, But I loved your analysis. Oh, go ahead. um, I was going to say, and to encourage um to to share with parents the the what you see or share with caregivers i should say because of, oftentimes it's not just parents mm-hmm. um there to share with them the the positive things you're seeing of their kids when they're in your presence because yeah. oftentimes and there are definitely these kids where this is extra true for oftentimes caregivers will only hear from the CML or maybe like a teacher at school or something like that, when something bad is happening, when it's a negative, mm-hmm. negative experience. So if we can like turn up the volume where of where yeah. we see positives, that actually makes them want to return and bring their kids back into the mix and be yeah. part of something. So yeah, that's so good. So I think, I think encouragement is a great, if ministry leaders are like, I don't know how to partner with parents. Maybe they're mm-hmm. not parents themselves anybody can encourage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think with encouragement also comes prayer. I think just, Mm. I I did it for so many years and I'll admit it. I undervalued the reality of prayer in my ministry. And I think if we front and load with, you know, if I'm praying, if I'm listening to where God is kind of nudging me or, or uh, the doors that he's opening, well, then he's going to make a way uh, with, with the parents who are extra hard to um, kind of feel like you're working alongside praying Mm -hmm. for those folks and their families, I think can be a really big thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And I, and I think prayer is something that comes in handy a lot when families are walking through suffering. I think this is a huge part of ministry leaders life is, I feel like you turn around and there's always either a child who is suffering, a family that is walking through suffering. And so, I don't know, I did not ask you this question ahead of time. So if you need a second thing about it, that's fine. But how are the practices in your book or even things that you have used in your own ministry context, how has that helped you walk with families in the midst of hard seasons? Oh man, great, great question. Um, I often talk before I think anyway, so I don't mind getting the question. Um, but walking through families and heart seasons, I, I would actually say, um, you know, in, in my book, as I just actually even just said about prayer, I think so many times in hard seasons, um, with families, I mean, we've all just come through the craziest, weirdest, wildest, um, pandemic season that Mm -hmm. lived through before and our kids have not lived through anything like that i mean obviously we haven't but then our kids are experiencing it on a whole other level um but again starting with prayer to say honestly there are a lot of trite words that sometimes people will offer a lot of times pastors or cmls will attempt to offer words because sometimes it feels like that's what we have Mm -hmm. but i in instead of thinking that we have words to offer offering prayer 
um, to say, like, I don't actually have the words to say, but man, this sucks and I'm sorry. And I would love to just lament with you um, to God the Father um, and just sit here with you um, and and journey alongside you um, and make space for you, um, I think can be such an incredible ministry. Um, when I think about the, just the difficulties I've gone through in my own life, um, putting my, myself into the role of, I'm going to say simply a parent within a ministry context, (laughs) um, you know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. not leader, but just a parent. If I had, um, a CML come alongside me in those times to say, I just want to pray with you and your family. You've got me for life. Like I'm, I am, I am in your ministry now and I'm probably serving four times a month. Like, like I'm in, I'm in. Like it's like I, a trick people. Yeah. Play with people. I'm yeah, just kidding. Don't, not, don't rely on that. <laughs> I don't, it's not meant to be a, a bait and switch, but it's, it's a, it's a level of care that I'm like, wow, that, yeah. that means something. It means something to the parent. It means something to the kid. It probably means something quite frankly, to the parent's parent, if they are in, in, in the, in the sphere, right? Like mm-hmm. the number of the number of grandparents that I have spoken to in, um, in our, in my church context, when I was lead pastoring, if you are invested in the parent or the child, the grandparent is just off the charts, happy, mm-hmm. uh, if part of that, because they're seeing the church really committed and connected to their family. And that means a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. I loved, I love that. And I love like even going back to those simple things that parents are already doing, like those are what you can then rely on in times of suffering. Like for example, our family we taught my daughter the Lord's prayer. And so we say the Lord's prayer every night and there are days that are, so hard in our just like parenting littles world that we get to bedtime and every part of my like sinful nature is like, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say the Lord's prayer. I'm frustrated at how the day went. It was not a, it was not our finest day as a family, but then we say it and it just is like such a sweet reminder of the truth of who God is and that he loves us and that he goes before us and protects us and all these things. And like, that's just something that we do every night. And that rhythm has sustained us through some of the hardest days as parents. And so I think doing those small things where it may not seem big to parents, it may not seem big to ministry leaders, but those small things do really matter when times are great and when times are not so great. So I think that's really helpful. Uh, Talk to me about the bigger things. So if we've got those like foundational things, things that we do every day. What about those bigger pieces, like doing a devotional time every day? And I think this really hits in more of like the youth ministry world Mm -hmm. of engaging in those a little bit, maybe theologically deeper conversations, getting into those rhythms of conversations at the dinner table. I know me and my preschoolers, we just make it through dinner and that's a win for us. Yeah. Nobody's (laughs) crying. Yeah. We're like, everybody ate something. We're good. <laughs> we're like those parents with older kids who maybe can add something. And you mentioned sports earlier. So what are, how do you equip parents to do those bigger discipleship rhythms? And maybe what does that look like to teach parents how to disciple their kids in those seasons? Yeah. I think there's kind of like, uh, you know, if we're talking like little foundational to big, I think there's like almost a staircase in between mm-hmm. to get to there. So I think about, you know, Deuteronomy 6 talking about when we're on the on the road and and you know living our life, what we're talking about when we talk about the Lord. Yeah. And I think what's really important is for us to be comfortable. Well, we 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 will get to comfortable. We will be confident um and ready to be talking about Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. That that dipping into a conversation about our faith doesn't get weird. I mean, it doesn't yeah. have to. 
Um, it doesn't, you don't change your tone of voice. Please don't change your tone of voice. Um, you don't, you don't get into like the weird, um, sometimes excessive, um, Christianese. You can just yes. have a, be normal, just be cool, mom, you know, yep. just, just have a, have a regular conversation and helping to coach parents to say, you know what, there, it's possible that you will feel uncomfortable at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke in my book about my mom who was still to this day um, has a bit of a difficult time talking about sex Um, and she would spell it. Sometimes she would spell it backwards. (laughs) um, That sometimes when we talk about Jesus, we're, it's like that. It's like, yeah. I'm going to spell J-E-S-U-S instead, but it, we get weird. We, you know, we'll hush tones or whatever, but just be, just be cool. Uh, Just, have a regular conversation and be willing to um, engage your kids in those kind of regular conversations about where your faith is at um, uh-huh. at an appropriate level. And, and what's, you know, you know, I feel like God's been saying this to me, or yeah. I was this in my devotional this morning. Um, and so I think there's kind of like these stepping stones to the big, the big pieces. Um, but getting into the times of devotionals and things like that, the the reality is that every kid is going to um kind of gravitate towards different things in a in a slightly mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. so for example, um it might be that uh for your kid in your family, your kids or kid in your family, you might want to start to set up like um a regular kind of Wednesday night family devotionals or whatever that might be. That might be a thing that becomes kind of a pillar within your family weekly structure that um, is a, is a discipleship time. You might have a kid that the idea of sitting any longer than at the dinner table than they have to is like, you got to know your kids, right? So maybe that's a discipleship walk together and you're Mm -hmm. going for a walk around your neighborhood and maybe there's a story in scripture that you are prepared to kind of share with your child when you know well, or perhaps it's something that you're just, you're, you're getting a Bible verse to go and read together and think about together and talk about together and say, you know, where is this? going in our lives what does this look like in our lives as you're walking mm-hmm. around your neighborhood and then maybe you're praying around your neighborhood together yeah. and it puts it on the move you do have to know your kid because if your kid is not one that is going to sit and be um engaged in something uh across a table together you got to know because mm-hmm. uh I, I would say the the risk is too strong of a word but the 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 low level risk in that is that they're just going to really hate that they're, they're, they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, so knowing your kid is one thing. The other thing is, um, yeah, just getting to them where they're at. I mean, how many of our kids, and, and I say kids, we get pretty young on this, um, are on YouTube watching YouTube, yeah. you know, just devouring all things that they can find that they're, they're, um, uh, allowed to to engage with on youtube cool guess what there's some great content on youtube that mm-hmm. you can, together with your kids jump on like say i want to watch this with you um yeah. because you're entering into their space their spot um we do have and i know we're going to talk about um the company that i work for now raise up faith but um the reality is that we have there's some free stuff on YouTube that you can see yep. a whole bunch. We have um, one of our um, curriculum is called one story. And if you go to youtube.com slash one story, you can get heaps of content and see it and actually watch with your kids and then yeah. talk. About and so maybe in your daily devotional becomes actually a daily YouTube watch. Maybe mm. it Thing like that where you're actually able to engage with your kids where the, where they are at mm-hmm. i love the books i'm a book person i'm a book nerd i i my husband will be like okay you can't buy another book until you give one away and i'm like lend mm, <laughs> it to someone um, so i mean and my my daughter loves books and so we'll dive into books together and we've done some yeah. really devotional stuff but that might not be every single kid's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So it's our kids and setting that time. I think a lot of it is our presence, our willing to make space with them 
is yeah. like a that they want to enter into often. And so yeah. then making it special with them is is pretty cool as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's I, good. Uh, <laughs> how do you best teach parents how to do that? Like, is that best done in one-on-one conversations? And for those ministry leaders who are leading at big churches with a ton of parents, how do you do that gathering all your parents together? Like, what does that training piece actually look like for ministry leaders? Yeah. So um, in in the past couple of years, well, uh, as COVID's been a special gift, <laughs> um, I have done these trainings with parents at churches, but... Mm-hmm. Would say to the CML listening, you can do these. You know, you don't need me, or you don't need yeah. an app at all. You can actually lead this. And and uh, I set up. I was I was speaking at um, a youth conference uh, a couple months ago, and I said to the youth leaders in the room, "What are some things you would love to see your parents doing?" And so mm-hmm. they brainstormed this massive list. And then I said, "How could you?" ask them about their practices at home without it feeling like you're shaming them that they weren't doing it. And so yeah. then they had a bit of a brainstorm to say like, you know, so then they started with some of the gentle questions like, um, you know, um, do you ever pray as a family or what does that look like? Or what could it look like for you to pray as a family? Um, what could it look like for you to read scripture as a family? What could it look like or does it look like for you to serve in some capacity as a family? And mm-hmm. so with these youth leaders, we crafted five questions. And I said, now, like, re- they were five really good questions kind of in, in the, that vein. And I said, now, here's what you can do. We've just created your own training um, scenario for your families. You have a parents' night. You offer some type of something for kids to to do, so they don't have to find a babysitter. So that's all covered for you. You have a great kids, mo- you know, kids event in tandem. Uh, give the parents something lovely, like um, really good coffee, and then <laughs> you sit them in tables where they're interacting with other parents. Because this is the thing that I have come to realize very keenly is that parents. In our regular rhythms of life, we don't have the regular um, awareness to talk about how we are discipling our own kids. Mm-hmm. That's not a regular point of conversation, yep. unless you're really intentional about it. Um, so if you have a parents' night where you're able to get people having a conversation about mm-hmm. others, that's like, that's like I would say, step one. It's like yeah. just the awareness of, oh, oh, what do you guys do? And learning from each other, ah, that's the gold. It's learning from each other in community. So asking the questions and really just putting them to the tables of parents to have those conversations on their own, that's your whole training time. Um, your training time is actually parents training other parents yeah. and everybody learning from the little bits of ways that they already um, they already have some of some of these skills. Mm-hmm. Some of it is nudging them to the next the next phase and the next yeah. phase. And and changing as our kids age and grow older as well, because yeah. things do change. But um, I would say, a, you know, in any size church context, um, opening that up to, and I, I actually say spiritual parents. So it's not necessarily just um, people who are parents in a house with kids. It's mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, and yeah that best friend that is like the awesome extra bonus um, member of the family to to join in that conversation because um, man, we, we need, we need all of the help we can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just parents discipling kids. It's everybody discipling kids. So I think that's great. I mean, people, Natalie just planned your next parent event. You're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Now I want to shift gears because I do want to talk about Raise Up Faith and I do want uh, you to share about what it is. So go. Okay. So Raise Up Faith um, is, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Um, I kind of have joked that we're like the Netflix for ch- children and youth curriculum. Like, yep. Basically, we're a platform, an online platform where you can go and access curriculum content. Um, right now, I think we have 
18 different brands on the platform. It's growing all the time. Um, we have thousands of lessons, thousands of activities, songs, games, videos, some really great high quality, like broadcast ready, um, videos. Um, and it's super fun and joyful. Like our desire is to empower and equip CMLs, uh, to actually be able to invest, uh, relational presence with kids. So, Mm -hmm. um, the curriculum that I, I get the great privilege of, um, curating and stewarding on the platform, um, is fun and engaging. And my gosh, like, it's it's always such a gift to be able to watch kids experience it and you know we'll show a video and say is there is there more of that like is there like we get that mm-hmm. um really fun one on there called 8-bit bible and it's like um super mario brothers style like mm-hmm. you go scripture and it's fun it's like i have seen it hundreds of times i'm not even yeah. joking and i want to watch it again and again and uh you know you show a junior high and they're like what you know it um so raise up faith we have the great joy of getting to equip you all as cmls to do the great work that you do so well Mm -hmm. and um the curriculum that's on our platform some of it has been created by us some of it has been just like um curated um, by so coming to the platform very soon is the what's in the bible series we've got friends, yeah we've got um one story as i'd mentioned before um which you know has a four-year scope and sequence and it's all going to be on the platform um um raise up faith is based in bristol in the uk and so we also have just some really lovely um english uh as in from England, um, voices. And so I, I'm that's like, always fun. I love it. It's like, it's, it's Pippa pig only, you know, yep. Bible time videos, you know, yep. <laughs> Bible track. Um, and it, it and it, it's all just really fun. Um, there mm-hmm. are hundreds of songs and, um, all the resources you could possibly want to grab onto um and right now we actually have um a free vacation bible school that yes i saw that yeah yeah the one and only bear grills actually did a little promo for us uh which is super fun (laughs) for the outdoorsy that's awesome um it's called campfire the vbs and so um if you were to go on to raiseupfaith.com you can access for free um our VBS called Campfire, and there's a super catchy song with it called Jesus. Hey. Is the, Jesus is the light of the world. It's so catchy. Like I'll be, I'll be singing it around my house, kind of a thing. And it's I'm it's, gonna have to find it. You, you do. There are in the video, in the music video, there are there are marshmallows that are around a campfire, but the marshmallows are like alive, and they make themselves into a s'more, and it's so funny. I'm like, this Cute. is super cute and a little bit like creepy but like yep. it's more cute, it's cute. Yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah uh, all that stuff so we're a subs- subscription based model so you literally like pay one price and you can access everything it's not like i choose this and it's going to cost me in my cart and then i choose mm-hmm. this it's one yep. price all the things so please have a look if you're looking for a new curriculum and you are interested in um Raise up faith, raiseupfaith.com. The other yeah. thing mention of is it's all crafted kind of for you to use in presenter mode. So mm-hmm. if you're using PowerPoint, um, the videos are embedded in the PowerPoint. You have slides. Nice. All as a CML, you don't have to be creating all of the extra assets. We've done the work yep. for you. Yep. That's great. So my, my favorite was my commercial plug. <laughs> yes. Uh, some of my favorite things about Raise Up Faith is I do like how you are pulling curriculum from other countries. I think that is really sweet. And I think it is a way that you can broaden the kids in your ministry, like their perspective on the world. Like, I think that's really cool to be, be to be able to be like, hey, someone from the UK wrote our, like, it's just, I think yeah. that is a really fun way to bring in of the world picture yeah. into uh, Sunday mornings. And another thing that I love about Raise at Faith is your search function. 
<gasps> yes. So incredible. And I know so many times people are like, oh, I need a one-off lesson for this story or our adults are going through this book of the Bible and we kind of want to match and we kind of want to do something or like those one-off uh, events like Good Friday or like some random thing that's happening at church. And you're like, I just need a lesson that goes along with this. The search function on Raise Up Faith is so great because you can literally type in Matthew 6 or Romans 12 or whatever. And so many uh, options pull up that you can look at and use in your ministry. And so I think that is really unique because oftentimes when you buy a curriculum from anywhere, you're kind of stuck and like, this is the scope and sequence. This is the what we're doing. But not yeah. only does Raise Up Faith give you a scope and sequence for some of their curriculums, but they also give you all these other ones that you can pull from and use as needed. And so I think that is really fun also. Yeah. And I would say like, I have joked, like if I wasn't working for Raise Up Faith, I think I'd be like a really big advocate for it because like, you know, you're going through your ministry year and people like to shake it up a little bit over the summertime. I mean, yeah. I did like, yeah. In- so you could be on the scope and sequence for one curriculum and they go, you know what? I think that I want to like totally shake it up for the summer and use something else. So I'm going to use, we have this great curriculum called awesome animals. That's beautifully done and looks at the attributes of God and us uh, that are also that's sometimes cute. reflected in, in, in animals as well. Um, and so it's super fun and you get to learn all kinds of things about animals, but doing something like that over the summertime, it's like you're, you're doing something new. It doesn't necessarily need to carry over from week to week because you got mm-hmm. kids vacations and things like that and then you can resume your regularly scheduled program you know come the beginning of the school year so yeah there's so many things that i love about the platform and i'm biased i realize but also just really want to encourage people to check it out because it is functionally as a cml it's going to save you time um we joke that the search can be like a pinterest kind of a thing it's like i need a craft because we can search Mm -hmm craft or activity or song or whatever. Um, and it, it does work for you. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll throw all the things raise up faith in the show notes so people can go and check it out and, um, learn all the fun things about raise up faith. Okay. Natalie, our last question that we always ask is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry or youth ministry, cause I know there are some students, people who listen, but mainly well, maybe we'll open the umbrella to family ministry since you have so much experts expertise in youth ministry. Uh, so if you were talking to someone brand new in ministry, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? I would say a few things. The first I would say is pace yourself. Um, I've known so many people in the first couple of years of ministry who have run so hard and so fast, myself included, uh, that they burn out. And mm-hmm. um as much as you want to do all the things, and I'm sure you're capable of doing all the things, you don't need to do all the things. Pace yourself. Yeah. Um, be prayerfully minded as to where God is leading you and what doors he's opening and what it is that he is actually calling you to do, as opposed to just kind of thinking um, or listening to lots of external voices that say, this is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a great course during my time in seminary that was about... Um, pastoral theology and, and listening and asking God where he's, where he is at work and joining him in it. Mm-hmm. And so looking at the life of the CML, we know all of the activities that are possible to happen. Yep. And we can feel a lot of pressure. There's personal pressure. There can be external pressure. There can be pressure from your senior leaders in your church or from parents or families or wherever else, um, recognizing that those pressures are going to exist no matter what you do mm-hmm. and really being prayerfully minded as to what you're, um, what you're planning. Um, I would also really, um, encourage, um, brand new CMLs to, um, I mean, volunteer recruitment is essential. You can only do what you do through volunteers. So I would say, um, begin praying about volunteers and if you think you have enough volunteers in your ministry that's awesome continue to recruit <laughs> you can never have enough um and that's yep. really um pray ask god to play somebody on your heart and ask somebody one person each week um and just keep keep on keep on asking yep. uh, 
That's really big. And then the other thing uh, that I would say is get a get a small cluster of parents that you really can trust and lean on and ask them for their wisdom and expertise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you can never have too much wisdom. You, you yeah. can have two in a mix, but you can never have enough wisdom. And so really um, shoulder tapping a few parents that um, can, can help in, in a variety of different ways for you and your ministry. And just even uh, a lot of CMLs um, and youth pastors alike start start in the role very young. Um, I can think mm-hmm. of CMLs I've known and youth pastors who have started as young as 18 and 19. And yeah. bless you, there's a lot we don't know at that age. There's a lot I don't know at my age. Um, and so to be able to have just that extra little um, uh, brain trust to, yeah. to ask for... Uh, not just wisdom, but prayer as well, I think is mm-hmm. really special when you're, you're starting out. Yeah. Those are so many good things. Oh, thank you. So smart. So wise. Uh, okay. So if people want to know um, uh, more about you, if they want to follow you on all the social media things, if they want to send you an email to ask you more questions, they want them, if you, if they want you to come and speak at their church, all the things, how can they get in touch with you? Awesome. Well, um, they can go to nataliefrisk.com and find me there. Um, they can email me at natalie.frisk at raiseupfaith.com. You can follow me on Twitter, I guess. Uh, I still like Twitter. Um, I, I, I think it's fun. Uh, You're hanging on. I'm hanging on. I like to engage with people there. I dropped a line the other day about growing up evangelical and knowing the Polish word for lips and, uh, that post became as viral as I've I've ever been. I think uh, I don't know what viral is. It's not. I don't. Get I don't really it. know what that means. No, no. I just got the most traction I've ever gotten. Anyway, I'm Natalie Frisk on Twitter at Natalie Great. Frisk on and yeah. uh, raiseupfaith.com. Uh, you'll find all the fun things on raiseupfaith.com. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad you were able to be here. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks. You're doing. You're doing great work. Thank you. Friends, don't you just love Natalie? That was such a great conversation. And as I was listening to it again, I learned even more. And I was in the conversation the first time. Raise Up Faith is such an incredible curriculum company. And I don't want you to miss out on their free forever option. You can sign up for free and get access to so many incredible resources that you can use on Sunday morning midweek programs, and all of the fun events that happen throughout the summer. Also, stay tuned for our next Kids Ministry Curriculum Roundup video. We deep dive Raise Up Faith, and it is such a blast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all things we talked about, including a link to Raise Up Faith and a link to buy Natalie's book, Raising Disciples. As always, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time.